Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to be with you. We are Chris and Megan Rhea. And just to start things off, I want to tell you, we just absolutely love your pastor, Tim Bollinger, and his wife, Lisa. They are just two of the greatest people on the entire planet. All right, let's give it up for them. I went to college, both Megan and I went to college with mm -hmm. Tim, so we got some stories, some dirt on him. If you ever need any, just let us know. But what I love about Tim the most is his passion for God and for the church. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just loves God and he loves his church and all of you so much. He's constantly reading, studying, growing in his faith, reading new books, casting right. vision, planning, going to another meeting. He works so tirelessly to make sure everyone in this place feels loved, known, cared for, growing spiritually. He really does. And I think it's just an amazing thing that this church asked him to go on a three-month sabbatical for a little bit. It's totally needed. And when I say yeah. he went kicking and screaming, he went kicking and screaming. <laughs> he really didn't want to do it, but it's so necessary with this job. Most people don't understand, but being a pastor, it's a tough, tough job. It never ends. There's always more to do. And sometimes we need to take a, a minute and care for our soul. So what we're believing for is that Pastor Tim and Lisa will come back refreshed, excited, with fresh vision, ready to go 110 miles an hour. Amen? <laughs> but in the meantime, you're stuck with us. Hey. So this is, this is what you get. We are Chris and Megan. We, we do run um, a ministry called Make Love Work. It's a marriage ministry. You can find us online at makelovework.me. We've been married for 21 years. Mm -hmm. I know we don't look old enough to be married for 21 years, but we are. We have been. And when Pastor Tim asked us to do a two-week marriage series at his church, I thought this is incredible that you have a pastor that really cares about the marriages in the church. Absolutely. And so that's what we're here to do is really focus on marriage for the next two weeks. We know that this can be a painful subject for some people, but I really hope this will not be condemning in any way for mm -hmm. anyone in the room, but just some of these principles that we're able to give you, you know, you can put them into practice in your life, in, in all your relationships right. really, but especially in your marriage. So how many people in here are married? Okay. okay. Good enough. How many people desire to be married someday? Raise your hand. Okay. okay. Look around. <laughs> okay. Uh, Connections. So we're going to jump in to our marriage talk this morning. Absolutely. And you know, it's been the core driving force for millennial, right? And it's called different things. The Beach Boys called it good vibrations. Yeah. The, the famous movie star Thumper from Bambi, called it Twitterpated. Y'all remember Twitterpated? Yeah? And scientists, they call it dopamine. But whatever way you slice it, it's love. And falling in love is fun. Falling in love is easy. Falling in love makes you do really stupid things, like wear matching sweaters. Or have you seen the new thing? On Amazon, you can get his and her matching bathing suits. Did anyone do that this summer? Don't raise your hand. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't call your spouse out like that. But falling in love is easy, and it's the most exhilarating feeling in the world. But it's staying in love, right, that takes some nurturing. It's nurturing that love that you fell into that requires a little bit of effort. 
And we're passionate about the subject of love. We've been researching it for 19 years. Mm -hmm. We were youth pastors at another church and we used to do a series for teenagers and young adults. And then we got into talking about marriage and going deeper. We've been certified relationship coaches through an organization called Prepare and Enrich for the past 10 years. We've created different kinds of marriage curriculum and we're just very passionate Mm -hmm. about feeling connected and passionate in your relationship and having romance in your marriage. We're really passionate about that. And several years ago, we were researching this topic and I came across a very interesting article called Love, the Chemical Reaction. And it's kind of a scientific article, so I'm gonna nerd out on you for a little bit, hang in there with me, but (laughs) a group of scientists conducted an experiment, and what they did is they took several couples who have been, quote, madly in love for seven months or longer. And what they did is they put these couples in an MRI machine and they showed them two photographs. One was a neutral photograph Mm -hmm. and the other one was a photograph of their loved one. And what they found was really exciting because when they showed the picture of their loved one, their seven-month love, um, the part of their brain linked to reward and pleasure lit up. And so what excited scientists the most was they were able to trace the chemical pathway of love and what it does in the brain. Mm -hmm. And they traced this pathway to a dense spread of receptors and it led to a neurotransmitter called dopamine. And in the right proportions, dopamine creates intense energy, exhilaration, focused attention, and motivation. Mm -hmm. And this is why when you're newly dating, you can stay up all night and talk on the phone and feel (laughs) energized the next day, not exhausted like (laughs) if you were to do now. But you really do have more energy and it's the dopamine being released in your brain that's creating those feelings of exhilaration, motivation, and energy. People in the dopamine-drenched state, which we call romantic love, they say phrases like this, this person is my soulmate. We have a connection that no one else has. No one gets me like she does. Mm -mm. No one understands him the way I do. I've never felt this way before. I don't even know if anyone's ever felt these feelings right, before. Right, yeah, absolutely. And no one has what we have, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. In the first two years of, of a relationship, dopamine is the driving force. It's what turns your average Joe Schmo into like a knight in shining armor. <laughs> He's never sent written a uh, romantic letter in his life and all of a sudden he's pages just flowing out of him flowers cards chocolate you name it social media posts like constructed i mean the things that we can do under the influence of dopamine they're intense right me chris ria 16 years old i'm a football guy football fanatic and i was dating my high school sweetheart at the time megan back at at 16 and i remember saying these words i literally said this to her when the super bowl was on one sunday i said honey i don't gotta watch the super bowl this year it'll be on next year i just want to spend the day shopping with you okay (laughs) what What, who was I? What happened to me? Oh man, you know, 
And I married her. I ended up uh -huh. marrying this yeah. girl, mm -hmm. 21 years. And now every time the Super Bowl comes like, on, she goes, so it'll be on next year. Why don't we just go shopping? And I'm like, I want to watch the Super Bowl <laughs> this year. You know, I, I think um, one of my favorite stories I'll never forget is when Chris and I had been dating for about six months. And like you said, we started dating in high school. We're still living at home. And our parents decided to do something drastically crazy and take a family vacation, right? which meant that we would be apart from each other for seven whole seven days. days. Impossible. You know, y'all, we, we've been um, dating for a long time, and, or together for a long time, I should say, and that was before we had access to cell phones, internet. Like, we could not communicate for I, seven whole days. Just had my pager. Just your pager. I was That's like, one, it. four, three, one, four, three. <laughs> Anyone else remember that? No. Cool. Okay. So we're apart from each other for seven whole days. So I had to construct this plan and we devised this plan together. What were we going to do? So we decided that we were going to write one love letter to each other for each day that we are apart. Seven unique love letters. We tied them together. I'm pretty sure I sprayed my perfume all over them. Sorry. And we, I gave them to him. And then we decided at 10 p.m. every night, we were going to open up and read each other's letters, and it would be like we were communicating with each other. That's right. I even pictured her voice. I had the James Ingram song going somewhere out there, <laughs> you know, while I read these letters. And Can our, that part just stay in this room? Would that be okay? Yeah. Our families made fun of us, rightfully so. But yes. we didn't care because we had something so special that no one else could fathom, right? No one else could possibly yeah, understand. No, mm -mm, no, no, but that is the power of dopamine, right? You don't care about anything else but the next time that you can see each other or be in each other's presence. And that's why some people in this dopamine-drenched state of the relationship think they know more about love than anyone else, <laughs> right? Maybe you're a parent in this room and you have a child in this stage of your relationship. And mom and dad, thanks for your advice, but you know nothing after 27 years of love and marriage, right? <laughs> because you don't hold hands all day and stare googly-eyed at each other and text each other constantly. You know zero things <laughs> about love. But according to scientists, at the 18 to 24 month point of your relationship, the dopamine begins to wear off. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mm -hmm. if you notice this, you get this spike at the beginning, this 18 to 24 month period. And then what happens is it turns into what scientists call an oxytocin-induced attachment. Right. And oxytocin is a hormone that promotes a feeling of connection and bonding. It's mm -hmm. released when we hug our long-term spouse, when a mother feeds her infant, she nurses her infant, there's uh, oxytocin is re released. Right. So the feelings are not quite as t intense. Mm -hmm. And when the feelings go down, the dopamine starts to wear off, this right. is when you start to see some flaws in the other mm. person. This is when you start to say, you know, I kind of do want to go out with my guys tonight instead of maybe hang out just with you. Maybe we need, we, we don't have to spend every waking moment right. uh, together. And this is when romantic, creative ideas like writing seven love letters every day in a row, now that takes a lot more work right. to figure out how to do. So in order to grasp this, what I did is we created a love graph that they're going to put up right here. And you can see, in a second, in just a minute, it's coming. <laughs> the love graph. There it yes. is. Okay. 
<laughs> you can see that in the first stage, dopamine, man, straight up, you guys are moving 100 miles an hour. Then it plateaus into oxytocin. And this is more of a plateauing that occurs. And what happens when people get into this state is the feelings right. aren't as intense. And now all my hopeless romantics in the room are like, no, I won't let it happen. <laughs> I'm going to be in that romantic in love stage forever. Well, don't worry because you can still have in love feelings yeah. and feel connected and pursued and understood. It just now takes a little effort. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just come as naturally right. as it did in the beginning. But what happens is when we go from dopamine to oxytocin, a lot of people get scared that they're falling out of love. Right. Did I marry the wrong person? This yeah. happened two years into our marriage. Mm -hmm. We were in this state. We're gonna talk more about that next week when we're here with you. But this is when you have to roll up your sleeves and realize that marriage, just like anything else, takes some investment takes time, takes intentionality, takes learning, it takes growing. Mm -hmm. And it's in this stage, when you start to see the flaws, you start to get a little disappointed in your relationship. Women say things like this. When we were dating, you used to do all these romantic things for me. You'd stay up all night telling me your hopes, mm -hmm. your dreams, telling me all about your day and all the problems you face, and you actually enjoyed doing it. Now I can't get you to talk to me for five minutes without shutting your phone off. And if the football game's on, forget about it. Mm. You used to plan creative <laughs> dates. You swept me off my feet. Mm -hmm. Now I can't remember the last time we went out and did something special and unique together. Mm. Yeah, and it's in this stage that, gentlemen, you might say something like this. You know, you used to look at me like I was the man. You used to grab my bicep and be impressed when you grab my bicep. You used to call me just to say hi and that you loved me and you were thinking about me, and now you call me when you want me to step at Walgreens on the way home from work, right? That's all you call me about. And I feel like you care more about a clean kitchen than you really do about connecting with me at the end of the day. Yeah, and so yeah. sometimes this happens in a long-term dating relationship, and sometimes this happens in our marriages, and it's at this point that you have a choice to make. We're either going to commit to work this thing out and we're going to go all in and we're going to grow and we're going to learn and we're going to rediscover our love and passion for each other. Or it's also in this stage that people get divorced, they have affairs and they try to do this again with someone else. Mm -hmm. Well, I have good news and bad news for you this morning if you are married. Let me give you the good news first. The good news is you didn't marry the wrong person. You got the right one. The bad news for some of you is you didn't marry the wrong person. You got the right one. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> Just going to take a little bit of work. And now that's what it takes to have a healthy love full of connection and bonding and romance and passion is it takes a little bit of work. It does. And it's at this, this stage that you choose to start chasing your spouse again instead of chasing after that dopamine, after that feeling, right? And now when you choose to love and commit, if you'll make that choice, you can rediscover all of those feelings again. You get little dopamine hits along the way. And this time, your choice to love your spouse is not done because of a chemical 
hormonal reaction in your brain. And honestly, it's a lot more romantic if you think about it in those terms. I'm not just feeling this for you, choosing you because of something happening in my body and in my brain. No, I see you. I see your shortcomings. I see your flaws. And I choose to love you. I choose you still. That is powerful. It's powerful. It really is. And people ask us all the time, I mean, is love a feeling or a choice? Or I always say it's both. Yeah. Yes, there are feelings attached to love, but when you choose, what we always say is feelings follow choices. Mm -hmm. When we choose to love our spouse, when we choose to learn about them, when we choose to grow in our marriage, all of a sudden these in love feelings will follow that. So if you're in a stage where you don't feel super connected to your spouse right now, that's okay. Yeah. We go through phases yeah. like that. But you can feel that again. We can have a restored passion and romance and love. It just takes being intentional about it. So where do we start? Right. Well, we're gonna give you one principle today of what to do to get a little bit passion back in your, in your marriage. Then next week, we're gonna give you another principle. We're here with you next week. And then we are also gonna be with you for your Romance Recharge Ultimate mm -hmm. Date Night that you heard about on the announcements today. Those were really funny announcements, by the way, <laughs> that's great. But the five, we're gonna do five secrets for having more passion and romance during that night. It's gonna be an interactive teaching, so we wanna encourage you guys to come on out to that as well. But the first key idea today is if we're going to roll up our sleeves, get to work, and start just working on our marriage, the first thing we got to do is we got to stop comparing and start celebrating. Mm -hmm. Stop comparing our spouse, our spouse's weaknesses to the strengths of other people. And it's almost impossible not to compare our relationships and our families and our friendships and our jobs yeah. and our careers in today's day and age. It's so true. You know, it used to be that you could only compare yourself and your life to the people you actually knew, right? But now, thank you, social media, we have access to all of our friends and our family and then all the strangers that we don't know, right? We get to see their lives and their houses and their food and how they're working out and what they're doing with their life and where they're traveling to. And we see all of this stuff coming at us. And instead of getting, wow, I'm so inspired to live my life differently, right? <laughs> no, we get jealous and we get disappointed in our actual life. In fact, that disappointment turned resentment has even made its way for a new term in the Urban Dictionary called Hate-like, hate-like, it's a thing, okay? It's defined as the act of sarcastically liking someone's photo on social media when it actually fills you with intense jealousy, hate-like. <laughs> this is such a real thing that Hotels.com created an entire advertising campaign around hate-like. And it looks like this, you know, that person has time to work out and feed her children organic meals and my kid just threw up on me. Hate like, right? <laughs> this looks like maybe a couple is going, their house, how are they doing that on their income where we're in a two bedroom apartment barely making it hate like, right? They're in Disney World while you're in your kiddie pool. Hate like. Hate like. <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> It's true. And Teddy Roosevelt said this, comparison is the thief of joy. 
right? Comparison is a thief of joy, and Teddy couldn't have been more spot on with that because comparison causes us to miss out on the present moment by comparing what we know about ourselves and our circumstances to what we don't know about someone else's life. And comparison is simply, it's untrue and it's unfair. And we do this in our marriages too. We do, we do it so often as we know our spouse, we know them up close, we live with them every single day. We got married, we didn't realize maybe that they had certain habits that right? they did around the house like, and now you're seeing these for the first time. You didn't realize that your you know, 30 year old husband was still gonna play video games. You didn't understand that your 40 year old husband was gonna go golfing twice a week. <laughs> Might, might hit home here a little <laughs> bit. But you, you didn't understand some of these things about your spouse, and now it's easy to look at the flaws. Focus in on those and allow them to make you completely unattracted to your spouse. Mm -hmm. Start to lose that attraction and start to compare their weaknesses to other spouses' strengths, right. even though we don't know really what's happening with these other spouses. Mm -hmm. So here's how we're gonna do this. How do we stop comparing and start celebrating? How do we do that this morning? Okay, so guys, I'm gonna talk to you first and then Chris is gonna talk to you ladies. Gentlemen, if, if we wanna know, if you wanna know how to celebrate your wife, how to get all those in love feelings back, how to cherish her, right? We need to walk it back to the garden. We need to walk it back to the original design of a relationship before sin entered the picture. There you have Adam hanging out in the Garden of Eden. Adam is the ultimate bachelor, right? <laughs> All he's gotta do, he's hanging out with animals, he's naming them, he's climbing trees, he's walking intimately with the creator of the world, but Adam didn't have a human to do life with. So God put him in a deep sleep, and he's dreaming away, and he wakes up, and hello, there's Eve, right? There is his person. She was enchanting to him. He was mesmerized. Like there was no other woman to compare her to in the world, literally. legit, literally, because <laughs> there's no other woman in the world, right? <laughs> he couldn't even imagine another woman. He had no scope in his mind for another woman. He, she defined beauty and being a wife and womanhood to him. He couldn't even think, well, I wonder if she was taller or funnier or more organized or cleaner or more spontaneous or more intelligent. No, no, no. She was the only woman in the world for him. And Adam could not have been happier about that. And if you want to feel fully satisfied in your marriage, if you want your bride to feel cherished, loved, pursued by you, understood by you, then the key is this. Make conscious decisions to treat your wife as your Eve. Let her be in your mind the only woman in the world for you. And let Song of Psalms, or Song of Songs, I'm sorry, 6-9 become the anthem of your heart. It says this, it says, my dove, my perfect one is the only one. And gentlemen, I want you to think back with me to your wedding day for a minute. Maybe for some of you it was recently, maybe you have to go back a little, little ways in the Rolodex of your mind, but I want you to picture that wedding day to that moment when those doors flew open and there stood your bride. 
in all her beauty, in all her preparation. It was all done to present herself to you. She was choosing you. And your eyes were fixed on her in that moment. You were enchanted by her. It didn't matter who else was in the room. She captivated your attention and your heart. Your eyes were enthralled with her and your love elevated her. It cherished her. Your love caused the best in her to rise to the surface and that is what it means to celebrate your wife. When she feels that affection from you, when she feels like your eyes are locked on her and no one else matters, but babe, I see you, I believe in you, watch what happens to her soul. The things that God wove inside of her from the time that she was a little girl, those desires, will someone see me? Will someone know me? Watch that rise. Watch her come alive for you in every aspect of your relationship because she feels celebrated. You see her. And if you really want to love that woman, she's got to become like Eve in your eyes. The only woman in the, uh, the world, the only one that you'll ever look at in that way. And true fulfillment, happiness, satisfaction, it will happen in your marriage. When your wife defines beauty for you, when she defines womanhood for you, and she's not just your first choice, she's your only choice. And when we, when we have this kind of prayer stirring in our heart for our families, for our marriages, it's, it looks like, Lord, let my wife define beauty for me and let her be the standard of what I find most attractive. Ladies, I'm going to speak to you for a moment, and I want to take this same journey back to that Garden of Eden when Eve wakes up and she sees Adam for the first time. Mm -hmm. He's the only man in the world, and she had this attitude that's talked about in Song of Songs 6-3 that says, I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. Ladies, your husband is your beloved, and he needs to feel it, and he needs to know it. Think of yourself as Eve standing in the Garden of Eden, staring at this man, the only man in the world. You see, Eve didn't have anyone to compare Adam to. She couldn't think, I wish he were taller or shorter or had bigger biceps, was more handy, was more sensitive, talked mm. more made more money. She couldn't think all that. All right. she thought was, this is what man is like. Mm -hmm. This is what my man is like. And her eyes lit up when she saw. You see, men notice that. Yeah. We notice when your eyes light up and when they don't. And when you walk down that aisle on your wedding day, and you made a beeline straight down that aisle and looked us right in the eye, we noticed that there was an attraction there, that there was an admiration there, mm -hmm. that there was a respect there, that you wanted to give yourself wholly to us. And then, as time has gone on, sometimes you lose that attraction or that respect and that admiration 
because guys, we don't do ourselves any favors when we've lived in the same house for 12 years and can't put a fork away. <laughs> you don't know where it goes. But at the same time, it's like you lose this attraction or this affection and this admiration and respect and we feel it. We know when, when the eyes are not lighting up anymore. And that's when we kind of stop giving ourselves wholly to you as well. And so the best thing a woman can give a man, the best gift is to tell her with, tell him with her eyes, with her attention, with her words, with her admiration. You don't have to be anything more than what you are mm. right now. I believe in you. I want you. I'm attracted to you. I respect you. Mm. I admire you. See, that's what us guys long for. When we feel admired, respect, respected and wanted by our wives, man, we will soar to levels you never thought were possible. That belief in us, that admiration, it does something inside of a guy. And a lot of us, we experience that in the dopamine phase, but not as much in the oxytocin phase. And ladies, if you want marital happiness, if you want to have more romance and passion and connection, begin to look at your husband like Eve looked at Adam, the only man in the world. Continue to keep that passion and admiration in your eye, and I guarantee he will start to come alive again. Yeah. I know it's not always easy to do, but it should be the standard. Right, no, it's, it's not easy, right? The longer we live with someone, the more opportunity we have to see their flaws. It's, it's just true, and there's some very real truth that there's just some things that are unattractive about being a human, right? Why'd you look at me? I was not that? looking at you, sir. Okay. No, That's not funny. at all. Okay. But instead of fixating on those things, which I know it's easy to do, we look through those things, right? And we look, we search out the strengths. We celebrate those strengths about your spouse. And if you make a conscious decision now and in the moment to focus on each other's excellent qualities instead of really fixating and, and fretting and worrying about their inadequacies, you're gonna be so far ahead. I mean, well on your way to celebrating and cherishing your spouse. So that's this week's tip, is to stop comparing and to start celebrating. And we do have a challenge for you guys this week. What we want everyone to do is we want you to take a piece of paper, a journal, just the notes app on your iPhone or whatever you have, and we want you to notice your spouse this week, but we only want you to notice the good things <laughs> this week. So every time you see your spouse do something that you admire, that you respect, that you love, that maybe you've taken for granted in the sure. past, anything that's good, just write it down or put it in your phone. Because what happens, we, we think things a lot, but we don't always say them. Right. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna write those down all week long, then Saturday night, you guys are gonna pull that out next week and you're gonna read all the amazing things that you noticed that week and watch this dopamine start to rise a little bit, get released in your brains a little bit more. So that's all we have for you this morning. We are so glad to be with you this week. Hopefully we didn't scare you away and you'll wanna come back next <laughs> week. If you wanna bring any married couples you know that could benefit from this, feel free to do so. You can also catch up with us on our website, makelovework.me. 
We have course and coaching packages. We have all kinds of content there as well. And we'll be in the lobby if anyone wants to touch base with us as well. God bless you guys. Thanks for having us out this morning. I'll just... Okay, thank you.